Hey everyone, this is a Faithfully Radical podcast where we're going to teach and equip families on the authority of God's Word. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, and thanks for sitting back down with us on another episode of a Faithfully Radical podcast. Uh, We hope that everyone is doing okay out there. This is obviously a very interesting time in our lives. We've never really um, seen anything like this, not in a long time. Uh, And I hope you're holding up okay. I'm I'm praying that um, the Lord is with you, that we may we may glorify Him through this, through our um, being at home. uh, For those who still need to work, you know, a lot of my family is in healthcare, is still out there. My wife's still out there. She's on um, a shift today. And so just being in prayer, let's all be in prayer for for those that still need to be out there in the in the danger and uh, taking care of of those who who really need it, uh, and, and it's not always easy for us at home either. You know, um, I know a lot of people out there have gotten had to take time off work, have uh, lost their jobs, uh, are home with kids who are normally in school, and uh, some of these things can be difficult for us to deal with. But but what I, I really want us to remember is that. Although much of our life has changed and been altered, we always have to remember that we rely on a great and sovereign God who holds all things in his hands. We see in Job 42 verse 2, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. These times of trial that are beyond our understanding really come to us as almost tests. These are times when our faith and trust is really tested to see where our hope lies. We're going to face times of pain and grief, uh, hardship, but we rest in knowing that we are under God, that no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on in this world, no matter how bleak things begin to look, we still live in a fallen creation. We, we should expect these things. They, they shouldn't shock us. We should know that, that not everything here on a fallen creation is going to go well, is going to be perfect, but... We know that our God is perfect. We know that he will use all of the pain, all of it for His, good, for our good and his glory and to fulfill his plans. Isaiah 45 verse 7 says, I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and bring calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. He is the one. He is the one whose hands we're in. He is the creator of the heavens and earth who formed us, who formed everything around us who created this for us to have dominion over. And it's his plan and it's his goal. No matter what the end of this looks like, no matter what the end of this looks like for any of us, we rest in knowing we either stay here to still serve him or we move on to go home. And that's the worst thing that can happen to us is that we go home to be with our Savior all the days of our lives. If you're home or you're still at work, you're stressed, you're anxious, Maybe you're enjoying this vacation, but but no matter what it is, no matter where you stand, let's remember to use this time. Use this time of trial to point yourself, your family, your friends, your community, anyone that's possibly come that that possibly comes in contact with you, point them back to Christ. Live in his word. Walk through it with your kids, with your friends, with your spouse. Pray and meditate through this time and recenter your life on Christ and the cross. And I hope, I hope, I hope that that's what the Lord is leading you to, that this time may be, that we may give him the anxiety and the fear. We weren't given a spirit of fear. We were given the power of love. We're given the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We have Christ who lives within us. 
So let's not use this time to be afraid, to be anxious, um, uh, to let the earthly fleeting things of this world take away our joy and our hope in Jesus Christ. Let's remember to be focused on Him. And I, I, I'm just praying for you guys. I really, um, really everyone around the world, you know, that, um, that God would use this for his glory. And it's been interesting here. We've been, uh, I, I mean, you could probably hear a little bit. I've been under the weather. No, uh, no COVID-19, uh, here in the house, just, uh, a little, a little flu, which has been kind of kicking my butt, but we've been doing okay. Me and the kids are home and, um, yeah, it's just a little change of pace, right? Um, all their classes and stuff are canceled, and we're spending some good time, good quality time together. My wife is still out there. She's a paramedic. She's been doing some of the screenings for uh, the coronavirus, and she's running her normal shifts. So it's a change for everyone. You know, there's there's this heightened level of uh, stress, um, tension, you know, just being uh, being extra aware, especially those that have to be out there. So definitely being being in prayer for you guys and uh, let's all be in prayer for for everyone out there and, and and the healthcare workers who are working us through this. So, getting back to our series, if you guys have been listening to us for a while, um, you know right now we're going through a series called Biblical Canon, uh, and we are on uh, really episode four of this or five of this. Uh, we kind of took a little deviation last time to discuss why we study scripture, why it's important to know these things about scripture. And uh, really, just recenter ourselves on on the Word of God. So we've looked mostly at um, New Testament, uh, uh, the New Testament canon, and the Old Testament canon. Uh, did an overview of the Bible, and then we looked at why we would really study Scripture, why it's important to us. Like I said, so this time I just want to take uh, not too much time, um, but I, I want to take some time here and look at uh, the apocrypha. If you don't know what the apocrypha are, um, they are books or writings that are not included in the Bible, but have claimed to have biblical significance. They would be um, somewhere considered in the past. There's been debate about them being put into the Bible. Uh, obviously, we have our canon now, uh, and and it really hasn't changed that much. These were really books that uh, claimed some sort of biblical significance, claimed some sort of divine authorship, claimed some sort of... Uh, apostolic authorship or um, a biblical figure authorship, but didn't hold up. Uh, and these are, it's important to, to discern what these are. Uh, really, that's why I wanted to cover it, because there, there's, uh, you, you know, there's things out there that can make us question like, well, why is this, why is this set up like this? You know, uh, some of these books are still used by Roman Catholic and Eastern Orthodox and uh, why why is it like that? Why are why are we looking at it like this? And, and I'm not going to get too deep into it. There is a a deep, vast, long, and complicated history uh, over the apocrypha, over them being used by the Roman Catholic Church and and uh, different councils and stuff. Well, look, so, some of the things I've discussed in the past, but I'm not really going to touch on that. What I really just want to focus on right now is uh, what the apocrypha really is. Why why it didn't make the cut and uh, how we can be assured that it's not biblical scripture, that it's not the divine word of God. So let's take a look at that. So apocrypha, apocrypha is a word that means hidden. Uh, and these, these books um, aren't, they weren't necessarily um, hidden. Uh, they weren't like kept secret from everyone. A lot of times they would have been, uh, after they were rejected, they would have been suppressed, um, but we still see 
in history, the Roman Catholic Church has used Apocrypha quite a bit uh, still in their Bibles. Uh, it's been dismissed by, by most other major sects of Christianity. Some Eastern Orthodox use some too, but really uh, there's reasons for that. And so there, there's much to uh, consider and study in apocryphal works, and, and I really can't cover every detail here in this podcast. I encourage you to do your own study over these things. That's a lot of the reason why I like to do these kind of bird's-eye view uh, of these topics, uh, to give you an overview, to get you on the right path, and then hope that you could do some uh, study at home, that, that this would fire up something within yourself uh, to really dig in and understand your Bible better. And I'll do my best to in- explain in general what the Apocrypha are and um, how we understand them. So really, the two things I'm going to focus on, and there's different, um, there's almost different classes under under Old Testament Apocrypha that there's uh, there's some different terms they use for some of the different books. But I, I'm going to I'm going to overview it with uh, Old Testament Apocrypha and then the New Testament Apocrypha, and that's what we're going to look at. And now these Apocrypha would have been writings or uh, or books that would have claimed to have some sort of biblical uh, significance. Um, so they would have claimed to be divine in some sort of way. Uh, there's different ways that could have happened. And wanted to be added to Scripture, to uh, to the Word of God, and through discernment figured out that they are not what they appear to be. Uh, so we're going to start off by looking uh, at the Old Testament Apocrypha. We saw in the previous episodes how we have the books of the Bible included in canon, really how we got them. That's what we looked at in New Testament canon and Old Testament canon, uh, how they were accepted by uh, the ancient church and the early church, um, the the Jewish people and the early church. And uh, now we're going to look at really the ones that weren't, the ones that weren't included in canon. If you remember from previous episodes, we looked at the general criteria, the Jewish people and the early church would have considered or looked to to have a book included in the scriptures. Um, there are many books written that have tried for a chance at being included in either the Old Testament or New Testament, but didn't make the cut. And generally because it didn't meet the criteria that they were considering. Uh, let's uh, let's cover a few of those guidelines. Um, one, they would have looked at general time frame. Um, how close were the writings to the events that they described? The further away, the less reliable they really are. Uh, they would have looked at apostolic authority. Was it written by a member of the early church, either one of the disciples or one of the close community there, uh, looking at the New Testament? Or did it have divine claims? Did it claim to be the Word of God? Did it say that it was uh, God's truth given through a prophet or, or a man? And these are, these are kind of the general ones that they really would have looked at. Now, the Old Testament Apocrypha is interesting because it was included in early Bibles. It, it was used heavily in the Latin form for the Roman Catholic Church um, in their early Bible called the Latin Vulgate. And it really, um, that was used mostly for the higher order, the priests, the bishops, um, the lay people would not have had their own Bible. 
So the Roman Catholic Church has used the Old Testament Apocrypha for, for many years. But the thing about the Old Testament Apocrypha was that although they used it, it was not included. These were writings that were not included in the Hebrew Bible or the writings of the ancient Jewish people, what we would know today as our Old Testament. So the Old Testament would have been completed at the t- um, after Malachi was written. You know, then we have the four hundred years, the intertestamental period, the four hundred years before Christ. So all of the writings for the Old Testament were together. The Jewish people had those, and these would have been writings that came after and then were used in the early Christian church later on, uh, which was then the Roman Catholic Church was the biggest one in Europe. Uh, These writings, like I said, they were composed during the intertestamental period or the 400 years before the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is dating them far beyond when they were supposed to have been written. Um, Using the Old Testament Apocrypha, uh, it... It, it, it's pointing to these stories in this history that would have been hundreds to thousands of years in the past, and yet we can date them to um, anywhere between 400 and 100 B, uh, 400 BC and 100 AD, essentially. So, so many years after all of this happened, uh, we're really seeing these writings come into play that uh, that just don't fit. Uh, there are other factors that really fall into these books, uh, mainly that they don't line up with also previously known doctrine. Uh, they have very questionable practices that do not line up with the doctrine and theology we see in the Old Testament. They don't line up with the history of the Israelite people that we know. Um, and with them laying so far outside of the timeline and not following known doctrine, they lay outside of canon then. Um, so the Old Testament books... Uh, the Old Testament uh, Apocrypha, the books that would not have been included, uh, really just came so much later. And there were obviously some people that accepted them as Scripture, since they are used in Roman Catholicism. It became pretty well uh, well known, especially after the Roman Catholic Church kind of had its um, heyday and fall, where it wasn't the biggest church anymore. And now, once we saw the Reformation with Martin Luther, we really saw, uh, after his publication of Bible for the Nor- for the uh, lay people, uh, for the people of the uh, of the country who were not in uh, the higher order of Catholicism, he wrote a Bible for them and and really separated them. They were still included in their own section. Um, they would have been included in uh, a section called the Apocrypha but they are not considered biblical canon. So looking at that, it, it's pretty easy with both of these to figure out why the books wouldn't have been included. Um, they're just too far out there. They're too far out there time frame. Most of the stories and historicity of it do not line up, and so most of it was just dismissed outright. Um, now, the New Testament Apocrypha is a little bit different. Um, it never appeared as part of canonical scripture, mostly never appeared. There's two exceptions. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into that, but the main idea behind the New Testament Apocrypha was really the same as the Old Testament Apocrypha. As we looked at in our New Testament canon, uh, we know that the majority of the uh, New Testament writings were written prior to 100 AD, really, really probably prior to 70 AD. And as we looked at New Testament Apocrypha, which actually had um, 
different gospel stories claimed. Um, a, a popular one that went around for a while. It's probably still out there too. But there was a group of um, heretical teachers, teachers who are, are teaching outside of biblical doctrine, and they got really behind the uh, Gospel of Thomas, uh, which was supposedly a gospel written about Christ, uh, written by Thomas. It was a collection of Christ sayings, things like that. But it's just not, it's just not real. Um, that's the problem with these. Many of the New Testament apocryphal writings claimed authorship by the apostles or other figures of the New Testament, but really could have, were shown to be false in origin and or unorthodox in doctrine. Uh, they were easy to kind of say, no, you know, Paul didn't write this, or no, John didn't write this, or no, Thomas didn't write this. It was easy to 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 dismiss a lot of these writings because of how out of character they were, how unorthodox in their doctrine they were. Um, most of them can be dated back to between 200 AD and 400 AD. So if we're, if we're looking at the New Testament really being completely written between 70 and 100 AD, these started popping up one to 300 years later, which really shows that they were just too far out there, um, probably written by people who wanted some prominence, wanted some influence into the scriptures and thought this would be a good way to get them. Luckily, we have a God who preserves his word, who uh, makes sure that we have his truth in our hands and gave the early church uh, the the wisdom and the discernment to not include these writings. But, so, and that's covering it fairly quickly. You know, really most of the reason that we have apocryphal books is they were written more than likely by some Joe out there trying to get them in the Bible or trying to get them in the Scripture. You know, back then it wasn't a complete Bible, obviously, um, but trying to get some influence in these writings or maybe had an idea and thought they could get it out there, um, thought they could get it included, and really just um, the early church had their criteria. They knew what they were looking for. They had divine inspiration, and it was pretty easy for them uh, uh on a lot of these to say, you know what, that's just, this is false. This isn't true. Um, we can get rid of this and we can bury it now. Uh, but looking at it, it really does beg the question, should we read them? Um, in terms of the Old Testament Apocrypha, that's disputed. Uh, many times they are still included in Bibles in their own sections. Uh, you know, I have a pulpit Bible here in my home that has um, many apocryphal books still included in it. Uh, I have other Bibles that have the Apocrypha in their own section. Um, and Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox still use this in many of their Bibles. Um, and, and even the majority of the time, um, we see that they're not real, they, they do not have the same authority. Um, but my the general understanding of people nowadays, and really my personal opinion, is that the Old Testament Apocrypha can really be interesting and edifying to read, and perhaps can lend context to the biblical books and give a little bit of historical background. But we have to understand that they are not authoritative or the absolute word of God. Um, it's like when we read history books or something about the same time period, you know, that, that David lived or... or uh, or later, you know, or about the early Israelites. You know, a lot of these things that people have found or people write or put out there, it's super interesting. Um, it's not the authoritative Word of God. You know, mistakes are made by man. Uh, so these are these can be interesting to read, and I have read many of them. I won't say all of them. I'm not positive if I have, but um, I have read a lot of them, and they a lot of them are interesting. You know, a lot of them can add a little bit of context maybe, but um, we have to be careful. 
These really should be more enjoyed as interesting historical writings, but aren't needed to really further the church. So, and I would really kind of take them with their um, with their own grain of salt. The New Testament Apocrypha carry a different weight than the Old Testament Apocrypha. They were almost unanimously rejected by the early church um, as outright falsehoods. So those really are not seen as edifying or helpful. They're really um, garbage. Uh, if you come across a copy of the Gospel of Thomas or something like that, you can just get rid of it. It's useless. It's false. Um, the claims of authorship are false. Everything about it is untrue, easily easily shown to be untrue. Um, the main takeaway, I would really say that if you choose to read some of the Old Testament Apocrypha, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. It is in Scripture, and although there are those that would say it is, we can pretty much faithfully trust that it's not. God has held true his divine word through the ages, and we know there is no questioning his infallible truths. Use them as an interesting side study, but don't give them much credence. Uh, We just really can't. I'll include um, some lists of apocryphal books in the show notes. Um, You can do some research yourself if this interests you. Uh, These these are, again, just another way to show how we got our canon, um, why we have it, why it's important that we have it. I mean, we see... There were clearly some, I mean, I have to believe that some of these apocryphal books could have even been spiritual attacks, um, spiritual warfare, people trying to get false things into Scripture, um, the the enemy using that, you know, which obviously God always and will always hold true and is sovereign and did not let that happen. But uh, it's important to know that when you come across something about a book that's not in the Bible, you know, if you come across uh, an apocrypha, uh, a collection of the apocrypha, or you're looking at some of the New Testament apocrypha out there that some people like the Jesus Seminar have picked up, um, it's important to understand why it's apocrypha and why we can dismiss it, dismiss it, and how we know we can. So um, that's really why I wanted to cover the Apocrypha. I'll put some of those in the show notes just so you know kind of what's out there, what you're looking for. Um, There's quite a bit. Uh, There really is. And different groups have different lists of different things. Um, I'm I'm labeling it all under Apocrypha uh, to kind of cover it here. But there there are a few different things. You know, there's different terms for it when they use, um, when they're trying to claim false authorship and uh, a lot of people have their own different lists. And these are things that have been debated for years and years and years and years and years. Um, but still, here we sit with our 66 book, 66 book Bible that we know is the infallible Word of God, that is our divine truth, that is our, our entire way. Uh, and we know from them our Savior, our, what our relationship with our Savior is meant to be. We know the living Word because of the Word of God. I hope everyone's doing okay out there. I'm cutting this one a little bit short today. My lungs are just not holding up that well. But um, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you want to know what's going on, feel free to comment on here. Uh, Reach out to us through our website, through um, email at info at faithfullyradical.com. Don't hesitate to get on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, our Instagram page. Like, comment, ask questions, um, suggest things. Anything. I, I'm open for anything. You can, we can do whatever. <laughs> We're all home right now, so uh, boredom's going to take over at some point, right? We love you guys. Please, please be in prayer for us, and we will absolutely, absolutely be in prayer for you. And let's be in prayer for all those around the world um, suffering and trying to make it through right now. We love you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.